This is most certainly true. The Word became flesh. Our Savior God was born a humble baby to set a world of sinners free. He became a person so that He could save people like us. And because He lived and died in our place, now we have a promise of life forever in heaven. Join our celebration of the birth of Jesus with this sermon recently delivered at Grace. First reading from the book of Isaiah, the prophet, chapter 49. God's servant, the promised savior of the nation, speaks in these prophetic words and announces his saving work done in the name of and in the love of God the Father. Today's sermon is also based on these words of God. Listen to me, you islands. Hear this, you distant nations. Before I was born, the Lord called me. From my mother's womb, he has spoken my name. He made my mouth like a sharpened sword. In the shadow of his hand he hid me. He made me into a polished arrow and concealed me in his quiver. He he said to me, You are my servant Israel, in whom I will display my splendor. But I said, I have labored in vain. I have spent my strength for nothing at all. Yet what is due me is in the Lord's hand, and my reward is with my God. And now the Lord says, He who formed me in the womb to be his servant, to bring Jacob back to him, and to gather Israel to himself, for I am honored in the eyes of the Lord, and my God has been my strength. He says, It is too small a thing for you to be my servant to restore the tribes of Jacob and bring back those of Israel I have kept. I will also make you a light for the Gentiles that my salvation may reach to the ends of the earth. The instructor made it look so easy as he taught Charlie the proper technique. He stood Charlie over to the side, and then he stood there at the line in front of the target and showed him, here's the hand that you hold the bow in. Here's the proper way to put the arrow in. Here's when and how much force you use to pull back the string. Here's how you sight in the arrow. And here's how you let it fly. And of course, as you might expect, uh, archery instructor, put the arrow in the bullseye right in the center. And then it was Charlie's turn, and he came up and he grabbed the bow, and he was noticeably less confident as he held it, and, and he, he pulled back a, a few times, and, and the arrow was put in uh, just a little bit off from where it should have been, and as he tried to sight it in, it looked like he was shooting arrows off the deck of a ship that was out on the rough seas. He took an uncomfortably long time to actually release, and when he did, the arrow made it about halfway to the target. Charlie needed a little bit more practice and quite a bit more instruction. It turns out, shooting an arrow isn't as easy as it looks. Did you notice the target shooting picture in the first lesson for us today from the prophet Isaiah. 
In those words, it's God's servant who is speaking, recounting a conversation that he had with the Heavenly Father. It's Jesus. It's the promised Messiah who is that servant of God. He's the one having this conversation with God, and he's the one who says, God has made me into a polished arrow. This morning we'll explore that picture and we'll rejoice in what it means for us that Jesus is our polished arrow. If you've ever been to a shooting range, you've witnessed this firsthand. And even if you never have been, I think you can still track. It's easier to shoot at targets that are closer. When the target is at 10 feet, you're hoping that you get them all in the bullseye because the target is very close. When the target is 10 yards, what you're looking for is a little bit of a tight cluster. You're hoping that they all end up in the same general vicinity. When the target is 100 yards, you celebrate the fact that there are circles on that target because you hope that you can get them in the circle. And at 250 yards, you would be happy if every once in a while you hit the target. The expectation of what you're looking for is proportionate as it goes down. The longer the target is, the more difficult the target is, the further away the target comes from you. Conversely, your expectations decrease in what you're looking for from that target. And if it's not that way for you, if you expect at 250 yards to put every single shot in the bullseye, you're going to be sorely disappointed and you're not going to be a target shooter for very long. Because not even an Olympic biathlete, not even a SWAT team sharpshooter can hit at that range with that consistency. That's just the way that it works. That's the way that it works at the shooting range, but it's not the way that it works for God. You see, God tells us, no matter how easy or hard it is to hit the target, that with our lives, that we need to put the arrow, we need to put the bullet in the bullseye every time. Some of the laws that God puts before us are are pretty easy, like a 10-foot target. God tells us in his word that we are not to rob any banks. That's a pretty easy command of God to keep, right? Look at us all doing it right now. Not robbing banks. God calls on Christian parents to feed and protect and provide for their children. And I don't see anyone here who struggles to do that. That's just a pretty natural thing. But sometimes the target that God sets before us is a little bit further downrange. Love your neighbor. It might not be so difficult if we're talking about the neighbors that live in our house, our spouse, our, our children, our siblings, although even those relationships sometimes get strained. It's not so difficult when the neighbor is the one that's across the street, who is kind to you every day, who waves and greets you, who brought over a pie the day that you moved into the neighborhood and volunteers to watch your house while you're gone. But the neighbor next door is a neighbor too. The one who scowls when you try to be friendly and greet them. The one who blows their snow intentionally back onto your shovel driveway. The one that you're pretty well convinced he has trained his dog to use your front yard as a personal restroom 
He's your neighbor too. And then there are targets that are even further. Love your enemy. Pray for those who persecute you. The people that are trying to do you harm, the people that are plotting to make your life difficult, pray for them. Love them. When God tells us to have priorities in place so that our earthly wants don't outweigh and overshadow heavenly needs, that can be a target that's pretty far away. When God tells us to make our lives an offering to him, and not just a financial gift, but also our gifts of service that we give to him, that they should be fitting and appropriate gifts to give to a king. And now it seems like we're aiming at a moving target. We don't come even close to living the kind of lives that we ourselves want to live And it's a whole different story when it comes to the standard of God's perfection. You see, God doesn't grade on a curve like we might with targets as they work their way downrange. God doesn't care if it's 10 feet, 10 yards, or 10 miles. He demands a bullseye every single time. There's a word in the New Testament. It gets translated into your Bible as sin The Greek word is hamartia. And that word has a picture behind it, and it really means to miss the mark. And so when God demands that we honor him with all our heart and all our soul and all our mind and all our strength, when we give him anything less than that, we miss the mark. When we live our lives for ourselves instead of in service to him and to one another, we miss the mark. When we allow our words of anger to slip off of our tongues instead of words of forgiveness, And love, we miss the mark. And because we've missed the mark just even once, we deserve to be kicked out of the competition. In fact, we deserve to be put there on the firing line of God's wrath. We deserve to be punished eternally because we don't shoot bullseyes in our lives the way we should. And because of our sins, our God does fire something in our direction, but it's not with an attempt to pierce or to harm or to destroy. God pulls back the string of his bow and he flies into our lives the polished arrow to save us. I've never been bow hunting, but I've heard that it's lots of fun. More challenging than than regular hunting because you have to wait for uh, the animal to get a little bit closer. Your your range is somewhat limited. You have to be more precise and judicious with the shots that you choose because you're not going to be able to reload as quickly with an arrow as as you might be able to with a gun. And you better believe a deer is not waiting around to see what that was that went whizzing past its head. When that sound is made, it's taken off and it's gone. And by the time you're ready for your next shot, you probably don't see it at all. The other thing about bow hunting is that your arrow has to be straight. If your arrow is bent even just a little bit, even bent to a degree that you can't see with the naked eye, it's going to veer off 
course. Only a straight arrow will do you any good. Christ Jesus is our straight and polished arrow. He says, God has made me into a polished arrow and concealed me in his quiver. The Apostle Paul said it a different way. He said it like this. But when the set time had fully come, God sent his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those under the law that we might receive adoption to sonship. When everything was set just right, when all the prophecies had been made, when the rulers were in place and their decrees written down, when the forerunner was set and had accomplished his tasks, God let go of that string and sent the arrow, the polished arrow of Jesus, our Savior, into our world. Jesus always went where God sent him. Even when God sent him into the womb of a virgin. Even when God sent him into the flesh of a toddler. Even when God sent him to a nation of people that would reject him. Even when God sent him to persecution, to rejection, to suffering and pain, Christ Jesus was willing go. Even when God the Father put in the crosshairs a literal cross, Jesus was willing to sail and pin himself there by nails to hands and feet onto a cross of wood. Jesus lived a perfect life for us, a polished and straight arrow. He never veered off in this direction towards self-service. He never trailed off in another direction because it was easier. Jesus didn't miss the target high because of pride or miss the target low because of laziness. No, Christ Jesus was our sure and certain bullseye. He put that arrow of his life of obedience in the middle every single time. And then when called upon, when it's where God's bow sent his arrow to be, Jesus was willing to bleed, to die, so that we could be forgiven. Our Savior Jesus was a right-down-the-middle kind of Savior, yet that didn't stop him from standing in our place. It didn't stop him from enduring our pain, our punishment, and even our death. John the Baptist was the one who pointed people's attention to Jesus and said, look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. And guess what? Guess what word John uses? Hamartia. Jesus takes away the missed marks of our lives. He takes away the times that we are less than perfect with the lives that we live, the times that our priorities are flawed, the times that we suffer utter failures. Jesus takes them away. Jesus takes that target sheet that's smattered with our missed marks and he puts his name at the bottom. He takes credit for our lives of sin. And then Jesus takes his target sheet with just one hole in the middle because that's right where 
He put every single act, every single word, every single thought, and he signs your name and mine at the bottom, and he signs it in blood. Jesus gives us credit for his perfection. It's the Apostle Paul who who says, God made him who had no sin to be sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. And guess what? It's hamartia there too. Jesus, who knew nothing of missing marks, made himself a missed mark so that we could have the dead-on precision of his perfection so that our lives, when God looks, he would see the bullseye of Jesus for us. So now what? What do we do? We who couldn't hit the broadside of a barn when it comes to perfection, what do we do now that Jesus has given us his holiness? We who haven't lived an hour of our lives without sin have been called saints, children of God, washed clean and heirs of everlasting life through holy baptism. What do we do with that? After the shocked silence of God's amazing grace wears off, we worship him. After the stunned awe of the thought, the the thought that is almost too much for us to comprehend, that mortals like you and me would be considered, would be chosen, would be loved, would be saved by the immortal God, we live our lives in thanks. We never could save ourselves, but he was willing to save us. We live our lives to his glory and praise every day looking for opportunities to thank him for what he's done for us, to reflect his love back, to show him the portion of our hearts that that we desire to give to him. Every day we seek to live to his glory. We seek to be the offerings of thanksgiving that God calls us to be, and we encourage others to do the same. We emulate John the Baptist, pointing to others to see the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Let's point people to Jesus. There they can see missed marks made perfect. There they can see saints, sinners made saints, in Jesus' life, death, and resurrection. It's God the Father who is, being, who is speaking. And he says of his servant, I will also make you a light for the Gentiles, that my salvation may reach the ends of the earth. God's salvation reaches the ends of the earth because Jesus is the light of the world. But he accomplishes that task. He gets the gospel to the corners of the earth, to Jews and Gentiles alike, by making you and by making me a light. And he puts that gospel into our hearts and into our mouths and into our lives and he tells us to shine. And by the Spirit's help, we can do just that. We can shine with the light of the gospel. We can shine with the light of Jesus' love that others might see forgiveness, life, and salvation freely given through their polished arrow, Savior. Freely given through the waters, the cleansing waters of holy baptism. Whether you've been to a shooting range and are a regular there or can think of 10,000 things that you would rather do, it makes no difference at all. Here's what matters. 
God has sent Jesus into our lives at just the right time and in just the right way, just the right Savior we needed was sent and he willingly came for us. Jesus sailed into our lives with forgiveness and grace and now we can sail in the air with him to the clouds of heaven where we will spend an eternity with him in unimaginable glory. That's the grace and love of God our Father. That's the joy of being able to say, Jesus, he's my polished arrow. Amen. Thanks for listening. To learn more about God's grace, to support the work that we do to proclaim the love of Jesus in Milwaukee and around the world, and to find our schedule of special worship services, please visit www.gracedowntown.org today. And we'd love to have you join us for worship sometime soon. This grace is for you.